Good evening, and welcome to the Elite Dynasty Podcast. I am your host, Eric Von Don, along with my co-host, Chad Patterson. Hello, I'm the Mad Chatter. And Addison Elko. Now the Ninja Bortles. I do like the name change. The name change is pretty cool. The logo's cool, too. I googled a little bit and found the best one, but... It was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Bortles, but yeah, it doesn't fit on Yahoo, so we're just going to go with the Ninja Bortles. I do like Teenage Mutant Ninja Bortles. That, that is good. That is very, very Foreshadowing. good. Foreshadowing. We talked about it in a previous episode where he was going to change his name. But now it's official. Now it's official. Yeah, now they, it's official. they released it to the chat, so now it's out there. Hopefully on the trophy. Absolutely. Now, is this one going to last till you win, or is this no, going I, to be I a had, yearly thing? My first ever was Lucas and Adudas, then I won with Bortle Combat, then I changed it to Bortortle. That didn't win. So now I'm gonna I'm gonna probably change it yearly, and until I run out of ideas, or I could just revert back to Mortal Combat. Okay, Respect. I like it. I'm more of the keep one name, Spooky Garoppolo, in every league that I'm in, um, moving forward until I uh, I pass away. Knock on wood. Okay, two out of three. All right, <laughs> all right. You know what? You can't win them all. You can't can't win them all. Um, but at least we're starting to make some positive strides. Uh, as you see, I got my package from my fat camp today. Oh, that's true. You did. I'm actually sitting right next to uh, what uh, what came in the package. Yes. Part of what came in and, the package. And um, it, w- it was all free, which is the best part. Um, I'll give a little plug to United Healthcare, um, which is the best company in the world um, today. So United Healthcare has a program. If uh, you're a large enough client, you actually have this available to you for free. So I would just check out. Maybe talk to your HR team. Go on your benefits so you're qualified. site. See if you have it. If you have a mass, a BMI, <laughs> of at least 26, you can qualify for this program for free. And what they do is they give you like a wellness coach, a life coach, and they, they set you up with meetings each week that you talk about your goals, whatnot, how to mm-hmm. eat properly, oh, how to work out better, if you're, like, you're struggling, you've never done, it, never done it before. The program is great, but the best part is they give you a lot of free stuff. And that's kind of why I signed up for it, to be honest. Um, I have a mass of 26, but I'm not overly that big. I mean, some people might say that. I don't know. I'm not overly big. And it comes with like a scale, a blender, a plate, um, workout DVDs, uh, a bottle of water, like one of those water bottles, and like nice stuff, and it's mm-hmm. all free. Now, will you use them? I, I'm, I'm hoping to. I'm hoping to start meal prepping. Maybe will give me kind of the push now that I have the, the gear to do it. But, I mean, worst case, we have a scale. I think that's the coolest part of the whole the thing. The scale is cool. Yeah. Now, how do they measure your BMI? Do they like pinch your your fat? Is no. So it? it's it's actually just the um what it's like the, the height over weight. No, not that's even it? that. Yeah, it's a little bit just height over weight. That's how I. Uh, okay. That's stupid. Yeah, I mean. But you qualified. I qualified, and I'm I'm very happy. But I, I've already I so the past two weeks I've uh, I've been starting to run more and eat a little better. I'm already down um like eight pounds. It went down from uh, 195 oh. to to 187. So I guess it's starting to work. What's your goal? What do you want to get to? I mean, my goal is is not to go below like 175, 180, about there, because I, I just want to be a little bit more slender, more okay. toned, like beach season. I'm, I'm ready to be beach ready. <laughs> I mean, you hide it well. I try. Like, you're, I try. you're a fairly tall guy. I feel like it's spread out. Yeah, evenly. that's it. it it's, it's everywhere. I just needed to go to my calves. That's the one thing that's lacking. Dude, don't talk to me about super skinny skinny. Calves, Yeah, no, I like chicken legs. Maybe we just the chicken leg podcast. Maybe. Elite, Maybe. elite, elite, elite. see chicken legs. Right, I'm using a BMI calculator as we speak. Okay, what do you got? Twenty-four point seven. Ooh, so you don't qualify. Ooh. You don't get any free things. Oh, can I try? Yeah. All right, so you so can you have the topic if you want. As I know, I, I do. So as we know, I'm I'm very large, and I got some free stuff. So just ask your HR team, United Healthcare, best company in the so world. You're taller um, and you're lighter. Helping than people me. live healthier lives. What do you got, Chad? Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Well, you were you were the lowest weight. 
So neither of us qualify for that camp. Don't worry, I can. Uh, I'll keep the apartment weight up. Don't worry, <laughs> right. bumping right, up cool. that average. Thank you. Appreciate um, that. So let's move on from uh, from other topics to the purpose of the podcast, which is dynasty fantasy football. And uh, we'll start out with just some news and notes. Um, the biggest biggest one being since the last episode is probably the signing of Eric Decker in Tennessee. Um, it was kind of speculated towards uh, last episode once Macklin signed that he would go to Tennessee. Uh, just because his smoking hot wife is also a country singer, um, he also fits very well in there. It's mainly the only reason, yeah, yeah. Mainly the only yeah, reason yeah. they went. Um, that was actually one of the Roto World updates. Per like, yeah, Pershefty <laughs> was like, she's very familiar with the area. Oh, was it really? Yeah, yeah it actually said. I'm not even kidding around. <laughs> was well, she's actually very familiar with the area? So maybe that played into a part of the signing. Um, maybe that's why he wanted to go there. But I think it's a great fit, to be honest. Very, very good fit. Um, they do have a lot of weapons, but I think he easily is the, the one or two, depending on how, how successful Corey Davis is. Chad, R.I.P. Taewon Taylor? Yeah, I mean, we talked about this on the, what, the last episode? Yeah. About him possibly landing in Tennessee. And I I didn't prefer it, only because it hurts Taewon's value. I think it hurts, it might even hurt Corey Davis's value, too. I'm not sure that it brings him up. People think it does, but I don't think it does. Oh, year, year one, I'm not yeah, sure if it does. Yeah, um, but... You know, they're like I said, they're going to be a fun young team, and with Decker, Rashard Matthews, and Corey Davis, that's a pretty that's a pretty lethal uh, wide receiver core. And two elite running backs to follow it, and a quarterback. Yeah, so they're going to be super fun to watch. I mean, fantasy value wise, I think Decker's worth more than he was in the Jets. The, yeah, they'll probably have better red zone opportunities. They'll just be down there more. I think he was targeted pretty frequently in the red zone for the for the Jets. Well, he finally has a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, just more more mouths. Like, well, maybe not more mouths, just better. Well, better you can, I mean, you can also argue that the Jets are going to be down every game by, like, at least 30, so they're just going to heave the ball around the field versus the Titans are going to be more of a balanced offense with Mariota running the ball. You have DeMarco, okay. Henry. I guess you can argue either yeah, way, but, it, but it's a good situation. It's I even think like it's the, the Falcons have good running backs, too, and they're still able to feed their wide yeah. receivers enough. So you have a good quarterback and a good offense. Yeah. Pretty much everyone gets fed. So I, I like it. And then, I mean, for, for Josh, who's an Anua owner, he's got to be happy. He kind of just, by default, has a, a wide receiver one on the team now. I've been high on Robbie Anderson just because of how he kind of finished last year, just being not a great fantasy starter, but the targets were just, you know, a ton for him. Um, you know, there's my boy Darius Stewart, but he's going to be going through surgeries, which kind of sucks because he actually had a good opportunity this year, depending on when he gets healthy. But, you know, Anua kind of falls into a, uh, I think, wide receiver two upside at this point. I know he's, you know, it's the Jets, but to Eric's point, they're probably going to be down a lot. They're going to have to throw a lot. And he's their wide receiver one now. So I think his value goes up from this for sure. Do you think it's like a wide receiver two range? Yeah. And it's like his ceiling is wide receiver two. I think he's a floor. I think he has a higher floor. I think he'll be at least a flex starter every every week. Is that the worst receiving core in the NFL? It has to be. Is it new as your wide receiver one? Maybe like San Fran? I I mean, Garcon, I kind of like. I know. I'd rather have. uh, Is Curly still there? Probably for redraft, I'd rather have Garcon, but Dynasty, I'll still take a new one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, just in pure, just like this season, it's close. Yeah. They're both pretty bad. I don't. I think they're nothing more than flex guy. Maybe a new one has wide receiver two value, but he's got to prove it first. He had to be close last year. Either way, I think I'm avoiding those receivers. Yeah. 
For the most part, yeah. I was even thinking about when I had pick 35, like, do I take a shot on, like, Sharon Peak? I don't even think it's worth it. Well, that's why in our chat, I think Powell has been getting a little bit more hype due to the fact that we keep saying that they're going to be down by a lot. That's a lot of, like, these check-down PPR wide receivers. They just, like, eat up those garbage-time drives, you know, where they're just playing prevent defense in the middle of the field is wide open. That's someone like Powell who does that normally, you know, can thrive and just literally probably being uncovered for most of those last-minute drives they're going to be doing, so... We'll get some cheeky fourth quarter points from him. So, so real quick, at this point, what are you giving for Eric Decker in a rookie pick? Hmm. How old is he? Do you know offhand? I want to say 28, 30. Let's find out. I guess probably not a first. No. Maybe like a mid to late second? I'd probably go. I don't even know if I would do that. I think that's what he's worth, but I don't think I would do that. Yeah, I'd probably rather take a shot on a rookie. Yeah, me too. So... Probably an early third. Yeah, he is. He is thirty. Yeah, and I he's mean, super for, injury prone. Again, it depends on your team. If you're a win now team, you might have the flexibility of taking a shot. But in a, in a vacuum, I would say late seconds high as you go. But I wouldn't give more than a third. High third. I'm with you for the third. What about you? I mean, the va- the valuation is would say high second, but like I said, I'm I'm in no predicament to give for any player that's a win now player. Yeah, and it's only a one year deal, so I mean, this could be. Honestly, maybe his last season in the NFL, pending injury. Yeah, pending pending injury. I mean, I I don't. I think he still has another season or two. I just. I mean, like I said, unless he has some horrific injury. But like you said, it's fair, but sometimes you just want to take a shot. Yeah, you just don't. Because yeah. you're going to get a little younger. Yeah. yeah, very very fair. Um, so another smaller, much much smaller signing is possible Decker replacement in in New York. Uh, Marquise Wilson, an interesting kind of dynasty prospect for the Bears. Kind of kind of popped up out of nowhere like Cameron Meredith in the same thing when Kevin White got hurt. Mm-hmm. And he emerged. He had a couple of good games and then kind of was played by injury. But, I mean, the upside is still there. He was a late-round pick um, when he was drafted. I think it was 2015 or 2014. Um, but he's a big guy, um, relatively fast, can make some plays. You think he uh, has any, any promise? Are you taking him anywhere in a rookie draft? Waiver wire fodder. Waiver wire fodder? At? I think he's worth a fourth or a fifth. Oh, absolutely. I don't know yeah, I, w- I would probably take a fourth round pick a shot on him. I don't. I'm not drafting the Jets' fourth receiver. Well, you don't know. He might be the one receiver. Maybe he beats Adonunwa. We don't know if he stays healthy. He's yeah, a lot of unproven guys. On yeah, that, on that's exactly it. I do like that from my boy Meredith. A little, you know, another weapon that's not there. And Shaheen. And Shaheen. There was actually the the camp hype update was that Shaheen picked up the playbook relatively well. Yeah, I'm sure he's smart. It's just they're seeing how he's going to compare to not playing against D1. Well, yeah, that's what, that's what they were athletes. saying is going from a D2 playbook to an yeah. NFL playbook. They said he was actually picking it up. Dude, so, don't I mean, sleep on Zach Miller. Thing. Everyone sleeps on Zach Miller. Zach no, everyone good. just assumes he's going to get hurt. Yeah, I mean, he got hurt towards the end of last year, but as the Xbox just randomly turned <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Uh, <laughs> if, if you did hear that beep, our apartment is haunted. Xbox <laughs> just so out weird. of nowhere just turned on. But th- this is what I'm worried about with the remote. If that can happen, why can't the remote turn on? That was because your fear is that something's gonna fall on the mute button. No, not even that. I'm just anything. Maybe someone accidentally hits it. You you never know. We're just trying to be the best quality podcast out there, and you that know, was weird. We can't take any risks. Can't take any risks, especially with a haunted apartment. It's <laughs> a good point. I try. I try. Um, so another another small news and note. Uh, if you're a Cleveland Brown fan out there like myself, Corey Coleman. Um, Managed to avoid charges from the December New Year's Eve kind of fight. Um, so apparently the story was they went out. It was New Year's Eve. They were leaving their apartment complex, and a big kind of fight erupted. 
Once this fight ended, um, one of the kind of offenders straight off, I guess, Corey Coleman's entourage, including his brother and friend, didn't like what this guy was doing, and they just went out and just beat, beat the crap out of him, apparently. And they carried his body, and they put it in a parking garage. <laughs> so now, the guy <laughs> claims, after testifying, that Corey Coleman was there, but he never saw if Corey Coleman was involved. But he was able to identify that Corey Coleman's brother and friend were involved in the beating. And now, okay. he says he remembers this and wants justice. So, I don't know what's going to happen. It looks like Corey's out of the woods. I mean... Maybe not. We don't know what's going to come up out of nowhere. It's not a good situation to be in. Yeah. But for now, he managed to avoid charges. Are you, are you, are you completely avoiding Corey Coleman at this point, or does this not bother you? I mean, there's video of LaShawn McCoy punching someone in the face last year. A and cop. He was... They, I'm pretty sure they dropped charges on him, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if this is just witness saying that he wasn't sure if Didn't Coleman like was Peterson involved, beat someone or... up in a parking lot and, like, Dez Yeah, apparently Dez, like, yeah. Parking, like, yeah they, I remember the like, rumors of that video. They were yeah. like, this is the worst video of all time. It's like Ray Rice times 100. Yeah. <laughs> like, Schefter tweeted about that. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. saw the video. Oh, no, no. Um, I can't. Jerry Jones bought it. He bought the tape. Oh, absolutely. He paid, like, probably $10 million for the tape, destroyed it, and that's it. Must be nice to have an oil tycoon as your owner. Yeah. And that's what, I mean, I'm, I, I'm 100% convinced that's what happened. Because everywhere said they saw the tape. This is horrific. When and if it comes out. I was trying to trade Dez. And then it just... Not only did, like, did it go away, it was just like not even spoken about. It was like a little like clause within like the NFL it was really weird. regime. Like, we're not going to talk about this. It no. was really weird. It did just go away like in a, in yeah. a flash. Yeah, it was kind of funny. For $10 million, a couple hitmen. But to answer your question, I don't think it hurts Corey Coleman's value. I think his, just he's a cursed brown. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, but hopefully he stays in the field because another potential cursed brown is apparently doing very, very well, and that's Deshaun Kaiser. I, I had to plug him in there. Apparently he's uh, – I, I honestly thought coming from a Browns fan that Cody Kessler was going to start the season. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case anymore. Apparently Kaiser's looked very, very good, very do, sharp. Do you care who starts? I mean – if Kaiser's playing well, I would, I would like to put him in there, but I... Well, you fully support the regime and all the decisions. Of course, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> That's a trick question. Um, but, no, I, I, I like... I don't mind Cody Kessler. I don't mind him going in, getting 110 yards, a touchdown, 9 for 11, and then having a run game and defense do the rest. I don't, I don't mind that. That's the best thing that we've had in a decade. So right. if we have Deshaun Kaiser and there's some upside there, it's even better. Okay. I yeah. say let him sit for a year. It's. I mean, it's not. A, it's do not that. a bad thing. You guys. Yeah, let him learn behind backs. Noodle, the great Noodle. Yeah. Well, that that's the other issue. We have no one for him to learn behind. It's he just watching little checkdowns. Maybe he's eating nuts now, <laughs> and using his legs. That's what I'm saying. Maybe maybe that's the the tutelage that yeah, we he learned need. how to use his legs from Cody, and that's why he's progressing. Absolutely, so fast, <laughs> just with all that upside. But yeah, just just something to note. I I would probably take a shot on on Kaiser. In, in a rookie draft, to be completely honest. I already actually did. In my other in my other draft, I picked him up off the waiver wire just to hold on to. As a backup quarterback, you don't it's know. Fair. Yeah. You don't know. He's got a strong arm. He's got he's got the upside. It's worth, I would say, a fourth-round pick in a rookie draft. I agree. I, I disagree. I think just based on Brown's quarterback history, I'm avoiding all Brown's But even, even with their top offensive line, they you can argue they have a top five offensive yes. line. Maybe, maybe like a late fifth. I agree, fourth. Yeah, I would, I would say take a shot on the fourth. Okay. That's fair. All right. Do we have any any other news and notes for today that you guys wanted to go over? Let's go. Let's go to the trade. All right. Excellent. So there was one additional trade. 
Um, of course, can you I, guess, I was gonna say, can you guess who was involved? I keep my streak alive. I, <laughs> I believe it's actually nine in a row. Nine in a row trades have included me, and okay. some other partner. It's Eventually, I want you to get to a number where we can replay either episode one or two, where you're like, "Don't just trade to trade." If I can tell the listeners anything, and then kind of like splash it in there, and as you make your fifteenth trade in a row. Well, I'm trying to help other people win. I'm not trying to help myself win. You know what I mean? Like if I if that I have my own make any sense. if I have my own trading issues, that's on me. But if I can at least spread some knowledge of of what I've learned in the dynasty community to learn from my mistakes, then then this podcast is like you win. just do drugs that's, so people can learn. That's not how competition works. Drugs. Well, it's not how competition works, but the podcast is to educate the public. The public's listening because they want to pick up pick up some things. So you're doing this very unselfishly. Very unselfishly. Maybe you should listen to this on like one and a half speed, so you don't know it's you. And you can teach yourself how to be in a, in a podcast in a dynasty league. Yeah, it's very possible. It's very or maybe possible. you should just listen to us. That's also another option. We'll see, though. I'm I'm thinking I'm going to get a win in one of my other leagues this year. I have enough leagues. Just one win out of oh a, cha- a championship, <laughs> a, cha- a, oh, a championship. Come on, come on. <laughs> my other teams are actually pretty solid. It's just this league. It's uh, it's quite the dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's get to the trade. So, uh, it's quite an in-depth trade. Yeah, Just due to, due to clauses. So, yeah, if you have a pen, you have a iPad, anything, get ready. So, trade 114 of our off-seasons. Me and Andrew Itzler. So, Andrew Itzler gets pick 35 this year, so a third-round pick. Um, I currently have three 2018 firsts, so he gets the worst 2018 first. So, whoever finished the best, he will get that person's first in 2018. And my one overall waiver... Um, so how the waivers work, they're rolling, so they continue each season. Um, they don't change each week like some other leagues based on standings. They'll just continue. It's a rolling rolling counter. That he can use any time in 2017. Once he uses it, I get the waiver back. So there's an actual end point to this waiver trade. In return, I received uh, Rob Sackler's 2018 first. So we assume a, a mid to late 2018 first. Uh, same Sackler's 2018 second. And then a fifth this year. Um, so some of the clauses that were included in this is that Itzler, like we said, has to the end of the 2017 fantasy season to use the waiver. Um, once he uses it, or if time expires, I get it back. Um, the first that Itzler receives has to be the worst one. Um, but if I pull my current trading card and I have no uh, one first left, he'll take that first. If I trade all of the firsts and only have one left and want to trade that one, I have to consult him and basically buy out of the deal to trade the additional first. Um, it's a lot going on there. My head hurts. My head hurts as well from just speaking it. Uh, what What are your thoughts on the trade? I know there's a lot, a lot of moving parts. So it's basically just to give you the synopsis. It's 35, uh, a late 2018 first, and my waiver for a mid 2018 first, a 2018 second, and a fifth. So I look at it as you gave up your waiver, one overall waiver, which value it as a, as you will. I won't value it that high. And you probably moved up, depending on how you handle your pick situation, anywhere. I think one of Nick, Greg, or Mike will at least come in the top two. So at least from 13 to probably nine. And I think that's worth it for you. For Itzler, I don't fully, unless, again, if he's just trying to avoid last and he wants to use that waiver hoping it's, like me and Chad were talking, a Ty Montgomery, a Tyreek Hill. I don't even know the other kind of waivers. Uh, a, I, I was able to get Spencer Ware the t- year that he blew uh, up, TP, too. I think, was a waiver yeah. pickup last year. 
Uh, what did you say? Where? Spencer Ware. Yeah. There's another one. So, I mean, if you wait, you use it in the right moment. Because you kind of get gun shy with a high waiver. You oh, You don't want to use it too early mm. and whatever. So, he might pass up on a guy who should have taken. If he wants to try to get that extra fee, I just think he should still be rebuilding. And I think he's, like, we. I like it. Me and Chad said it. I think he's trying to just stick it to us and other people in the league. Like, I'm not the worst. I'm not going to come in last. It's fine. Becoming last is also a bad thing if you have your own first, but he doesn't. So, I guess... Why should, I don't know. I just think he should rebuild. I don't know if this is a really a rebuilding move because he got rid of the, the best first. So he really just acquired a good waiver for, you know, to move back potentially, you know, six spots, depending on where Rob or Nick finish. So I like it for you. I don't, I don't think there was much risk involved here. And if you play these right, you know, toward the end of the season, you could try to package the two of the worst or first, or you can keep them all, but, you know, package those two. And maybe move up. You could probably theoretically package Rob's first with it, if because you, you're going to get it. Yeah. So or you have it. So um, yeah, I like it for you. Yeah, I'm with him. I, I get it from Mitsu's perspective. He's he's trying to make a push. He's doing everything he can to to go all in this season, which I, I respect that. And like I said, if he gets a gem in fantasy, he, it could definitely help him out. He claimed if he hits on this waiver, he's going to be a playoff team. That I mean, he's that's he, just not true. He said he's like one. What do you say? Fifteen points per game player away. So he's won a Spencer Ware, a Tyreek Hill, a TP away from a playoff team. I don't agree. It's not out. Of, it's not out of the question. I don't think. I, I suppose it's not. It's not out of the question. If that's his rationale for making the trade, know. I get why he did it. I just don't agree that. I don't know if he thinks Rob is going to be better than I think he's going to be. I think he moved down. Well, Rob, Rob wasn't was projected to succeed in the playoffs based on the last projections we had. That's fine from uh-huh. Yahoo. Um, well, we'll see. But I think he'll flutter on 109-ish. Yeah. I think you could be, he could be getting 114. I like the winner could emerge. Yeah, that was in, that, in that was your, obviously my hope when I made in, the trade, of pool. course. Or even 113. So, I don't know. I like it more for you. I think the difference in those firsts is going to be worth more than whoever he gets on a waiver. Maybe. Any other thoughts is on pick that? 35 his first pick this year? I feel like it I is. I want to say Yeah, yes. it is. He has 35, 38, a fourth. And maybe two. Yeah, fourths. I think his first pick up until that was a third. So one of these thirds is his first. Yeah, pick. so this is, yeah thirty five is his first pick. But I mean, there's good options at thirty five. There's some good stashes. I mean, once you get past like two, oh seven. Well, th- this is a different like... draft. That's the thing. Yeah, his own first, his own third is as highest, and he has my third now. This this draft is much deeper. Like I, I could see somebody agree, like a Gerald Everett think, falling there. I don't think like third round deep. I think. Like, oh yeah, no, definitely. The only reason, so yes, I agree with you, but because of the veterans are in there. I was like, he could like get if like a, a Willie. He can get like a Willie Sneed or someone like that, or if Willie Sneed and Marshawn Lynch push people back, someone could fall, and I think it's a good spot. Yeah. Oh, this is hard to wrap my head around. Like, I, even the like oh, Cameron Meredith could fall too. There, there's people out there that I think he can get at 35. I'm leaning towards. I think I like it for you more. Okay. Um. Because, like Ad said, like, yeah, having a first waiver is great, but it's a risk. And you're literally getting someone that doesn't get drafted in five rounds, you know? Yeah. And then, so you basically swapped 35 for a 2018 second. Yep. And a, your worst first for a Seckler's first. Which will be, I think, will be the best first out of that whole group. I think regardless Definitely. of whatever first you're giving you're going to improve your draft stock that's that's the hope yeah so essentially just for your first waiver yeah you know 
Yeah. But I mean, he could also strike gold with the De- like a D'Angelo Williams when he got picked up. Like you could easily trade a D'Angelo Williams for a first there. He had I just don't agree. In four games. Like I said, I think he should be rebuilding. I think he should be trying to acquire more picks, more younger players. Not. I don't think a push this year makes any sense. But you know, if he just wants to avoid last and be like, hey, I came in seventh or eighth or whatever, and I told you I wouldn't be that bad, then sure, good for you. I just don't think long term that's the best move. We'll see. Like I said, it, de- it depends on who he picks up. I mean, I think your ultimate goal here was to move up in next year's draft. Correct. Well, my, my, ult- my ultimate goal this. was to get another 2018 first, but unfortunately it didn't work that way. I wanted the fourth one, but... Well, and this is the next best thing. Exactly. You move yeah, up we, to the we mid, came, the we came to an round. agreement. Yeah. yeah. So, that in that sense, I get it. And I think you're doing 2018 correctly. I'm trying. Will you blow it up? Absolutely. But... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think this is the time. I think this is the time that I, uh, I do it correctly, and I'm very excited. All right, about let it. me just remember when you said that. Okay. Yeah, you can mark it. Fifty-seven. Okay, cool. Now, speaking 20... of that, are we going to segue into the bet, or are we going to save that for after our special interview? Yeah, I think this is actually a perfect segue into the bet. So let's talk about it. Okay. Now that we've discussed Andrew Itzler's team a little bit, um, there was some friendly banter back and forth, of course, between Greg and and Itzler, both degenerate gamblers. Of course, of course, naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, whether Itzler with these moves will actually come in the top half of the league. So top seven and up. So seven and up or eight and below. If he goes eight and below, um, Greg Muller will win. If Itzler manages to come in the top seven, Andrew Itzler will win. I don't remember what the wager was. $100. $100. So it's basically the buy-in for our league. So basically this bet, this they were going back and forth basically because it sprouted from the trade and saying that guy like said before that he'd be a top team or make a push if he if he hit on his waiver wire, you know Muller was trying to bully him into taking the bet. You know Itzler didn't want to do it, and then Itzler writes to our our fantasy chat. Eric, I don't know if you saw it. He tags Greg Muller and he says, "Since you're sleeping like a little bitch, <laughs> I'll do that. I come top seven for one hundred bucks. Yes. Just just love it. It was like two hours later after they were talking, and." Uh, I'm excited for that bet to happen. Too. Oh, I, I love I love everything. I about mean, I that. think Greg is going to easily win hundred dollars, but I respect Itzler for having confidence in his team. Dude, I don't know. I think I'm more confident in Itzler's team than you guys are. You I, I think it's going to be closer. Be he's not better seven. than he's not going to be better than no. Meyer but what I, what Rob I'm saying is, as I think he might be in that like nine seven eight nine spot. So I think he will either just win or just lose. To be completely honest with you, I th- I think he ends up being right there. I think he surprises. So who's who would you have him over in the seventh spot? So you're gonna say so you have say so you have Rob and above the other five. Okay. So you would bump out Wire at six. Wire, and then M- Wire. Oh, so all right. So and then re- he's seven. That. So you're the bumping out like Kojak. I guess Ridge. Yeah, we, Ko- we don't know. Probably Kojak. Kojak and Ridge, we don't know anything about. We, I mean, Ridge, we claim is gonna hit on his pits, and but what if, what if he gets an injury? Yeah. Josh. Josh Trainer. Trainer. There's no way. There's no shot. It's it's po- I'm I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but it's very possible. This, like you had like so many seconds this year. I had I had hope in your team. Oh, uh, I had hope in for my this team for too. this year. No, for next year. It's always next year. But yeah, I, I like I said, I don't know if it's gonna happen or not. But I think it's gonna be closer than we think. I think he will end up between that seven, eight, nine spot where he either just makes it or just misses it. I mean, it's worth him. It's worth it for him to do this trade because he's not even paying his league fee this year. No, yeah, I uh, ended uh, so, up... Oh, yeah, it's a free bet for so him. It's like a free bet. I forgot about that. Yeah, great bet by Itzler. Yeah, great bet by Itzler. I ended up, uh, for those of you who don't know, I spoiled the ending to Westworld accidentally. Uh, I thought the 
spoiler happened in episode nine. It actually happened in episode ten. Kind of devastated the the <laughs> ending for him and his girlfriend who were very, watching very happily. And um, I offered as a as a repayment to pay for his league fee because I felt really bad. I loved Westworld. It was a great great show. Those of you who have not watched Westworld, if we're looking for a sponsor, it might be HBO. Go watch Westworld <laughs> yes. on HBO Go. It is a fantastic it is a show. show. It's a great show. Very very good. Dolores. Actually, funny enough, we named Addison's guitar Dolores because of the show. There you go. We shred it. We do shred. We do shred. Everyone's faces uh, would be melted if they were listening on air. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that does it. I, I think it's closer than we think. But another another bet by our league. We we really have become degenerate gamblers. There's been a lot of bets recently. We have, we have, and I do want to say I'm I'm rooting for Isler. I think the yeah, whole so league is rooting for Isler. Yeah, yeah so regardless of people are betting for and against him, the entire league wants Isler to win. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw the week I play him. <laughs> <laughs> I might throw the week I play him too, just so Greg loses. <laughs> Actually, I mean, I'm not going to have to throw it. My team is terrible. Um, all right, so I guess let's move into our next segment. We're uh, very excited. We have a very special guest uh, on our podcast today. The first guest we've had in a while, uh, Josh Automatic Matic. We're bringing him on for a, smeg- a segment that we like to call Automatic Analysis. Oh, Ooh, I'm, I'm excited for this one. <laughs> Josh, how are you? Hey, what's up, guys? I'm doing pretty good. That's good. You sound great. Right. You look great, I'm sure. Thanks. I'm ready to uh, discuss some good, hard numbers and uh, get down to some nice fantasy decisions we all have to make. All right. I'm, uh, I'm excited. So, Josh, uh, what, what information do you have for us today? All right. So one topic that uh, I think a lot of people overlook in fantasy is that there's really no difference in between losing by five points or losing by 50 points. You know, at the end of the day, a loss is a loss, and you know, on the other side of the coin, a win is a win. You can win by five or you can win by 50. So uh, something I want to take a further look into is some boomer bust players, you know, and how, how you can make your decisions setting your starting lineup, you know, depending on what the week is looking like for you and uh, who, really who you're going against. That's an interesting point. I mean, sitting and starting is, obviously said, really, really crucial. Probably the second biggest thing besides drafting a good team in fantasy success. Like, you even have the sit or start app. There's a lot of different items out there so this would be good to get a, a nice perspective from you on this yeah you know like you said there are a lot of apps out there but i feel like they really just look at like what the projected better is for that week like overall you know a lot of them they're kind of like safe plays you know this is really for more middle tier and maybe some bottom bottom tier teams you know for most of the high-end tier teams they just start their best players they don't they don't really have to worry about it too much mm-hmm. that's fair that's it seems fair. like it seems like a ted ginn analysis Ted Ginn will definitely be part of this analysis, 100%. Soup. He fits that mold, and he, he uh, it's fitting because you were a Ted Ginn owner for quite some time. Actually, I still am a Ted Ginn oh, owner. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. Hey, Josh, Josh is taking Ted Ginn to the end of, to the end of his career. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's no chance that he will end up, so, end up elsewhere. But, but Ted Ginn is actually a, a perfect place to start for this uh, analysis. So for, for those of you who are not familiar... Uh, in 2015, so that was the second year of uh, the Elite Dynasty fantasy season, uh, I snuck into the fantasy playoffs by being the sixth seed. So the last seed uh, just barely got in there. I think I locked it up with like a week to go, but uh, still, I, I, things weren't looking too, looking too good going into the playoffs. So uh, I remember on my team, 
I had a perfect situation talking about who to sit or who to start going into uh, playoffs. I think I was going up against uh, Nick Famulari in the first uh, playoff week. I know he had a pretty stacked team. So uh, basically it came down to two players who I had to pick between the end. And uh, it might surprise you, one of them was actually Frank Gore, and the other one was Ted Ginn. So I, I think right now, if you guys had to pick between those two players, I, I know which one you guys would all choose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, so just taking a look at, at some of the stats and really what I'm trying to get to. If we look at uh, weeks 1 to 10 for uh, Ted Ginn and Frank Gore, you would probably think that I'd be an idiot not to start Frank Gore. Frank Gore was averaging 63.3 yards per game, 2.5 receptions, and another 18.6 yards Per reception or by reception so you know decent decent stats he only had four touchdowns weeks one to ten in 2015 uh but you know six like i said that's uh over 80 yards if you combined his receiving and his rushing so not bad mm-hmm. meanwhile ted ginn he was only averaging 44.6 yards a game Oof. you know not doing that great also only had four tds so still not looking too good but i remember going against nick he was you know a three seed I definitely needed to score high if I wanted to beat him. And you think of players like Ted Ginn, they you know they could definitely go off and have big plays. So I said, you know, if, if I start Frank Gore, yeah, maybe he'll get his 80 yards. Maybe he gets a touchdown. You know, it could be good, but he's not going to do anything to really win the week for me. You know, and like I said, if I just play my, my players, you know, and don't take any risks... I'm going to lose to Nick, you know. I might lose to him by 10, I might lose to him by 15, but I'm still going to lose. Mm-hmm. So instead, I started Ted Ginn, and uh, now I'll read off their playoff stats for 2015. So the three weeks of playoffs, uh, Frank Gore's line was 68.3 yards a game rushing, you know, one reception a game for another 8.3 yards, and he only had one touchdown. All right, so like I said, he got almost his 80 yards, you know, 75 yards a game, not bad, had a TD, you know, not the best, but that's about what he was averaging during the season. Mm-hmm. Ted Ginn, on the other hand, 95 yards a game, six touchdowns. <laughs> he went crazy. off, yeah. and that's the thing. I took the risk. Yeah, as you know, I made it to the championship game that year, so I did beat Nick, and that's the thing. I, I took out someone who had a higher floor but a lower ceiling, and I put in one of those guys who has a high ceiling and low floor. You know, boomer bust guys really do have a spot in fantasy. And I feel like a lot of people just see bad games or see low floors mm-hmm. and they look at players like they're useless. That's interesting. Yeah. That's super interesting. And that's where the nickname Soup came from. Because you upset Nick and I think Greg the next week too. And it was just a cause, mostly because again. And basically the joke was like they were going to liquefy him into soup and eat him. So, they, <laughs> so basically Ted Ginn... That's casual conversation. So, so Ted yeah. Ginn has earned I, the I game I do remember soup. that uh, when I went against Greg, Ted Ginn caught like an 88-yard touchdown. And for those of you who know Greg, you could just see the anger like visibly rising in him. And he, he definitely would have murdered Ted Ginn if he had the opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm curious who, maybe, maybe you don't remember, but who did you start over Gore in your running back positions? I had Jonathan Stewart, and I actually still had Arian Foster because it was 2015, okay. and uh, I think he was, or may, it might have been Duke Johnson. Uh, Duke Johnson was another he might have guy. Been the rookie who, that year, he was, right? Yeah, he was real consistent for me because the Browns would just go down, and he would catch 50 yards in the fourth quarter with like six checkdown receptions, mm-hmm. and he just get would get his fantasy points in. Sounds like Cleveland. So he, he was a guy who I think. 
because of PPR leagues where a half-point PPR, I wanted him in there for the receptions. And you never know if he'll sneak a garbage-time touchdown. I mean, I had Cecil Shorts on my team that year, who was the king of garbage <laughs> time, <laughs> before Jacksonville got all, you know, Allen Hurts and Allen Robinson up there. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think my starting... It was definitely Jonathan Stewart. He was one of them, and either Duke or Arian. I'm not sure if Arian was injured that week. That's a good point. I so, really, oh, you I'm curious. So, so did you just disregard matchups, or did you? Was that just kind of a secondary thing? Well, so it depends. And actually, the, the next example I'm going to get into is a little more about the matchups. But uh, I definitely didn't look at the matchups for you know the Ted Ginn thing. He's a long ball guy. I knew that. I just knew I needed to score more points to have a chance more points than I had been averaging that year and I knew he gave me a shot to do it you know it wasn't a probable shot you know it was probably only like you know 30% or something but I'd rather take a 30% chance at winning than starting the other guys and having an 80% chance of losing by 10 points got you yeah and to your point Gore pretty much averaged what he was getting so if you right. had kept up your average whatever your season per game total was you probably wouldn't have beaten Nick I mean, the only thing which is this anything with starting to, you know, deciding who you want to start or not is if, say, Ginn was a bust, Gore got his consistent 10 points, and you, say, lost by, you know, four or five. So if you lost in that differential, yeah. then you would be kicking yourself in the butt the whole time. But, you right. know, you're going to assume the, Nick plays well to his yeah. average, so you got to right. average him. You know, that that's the thing. When I do these, like, I'm assuming that Nick doesn't just have an absolutely awful yeah. week. You know, anytime you make these you know calls it really is assuming that the better team isn't just going to shit themselves Mm -hmm. um because you know that happens but like i said the chances were nick was going to score higher and i think i i could be wrong but i think he did just score about what he had been averaging that year you know i I think he had it it wasn't an an amazing week but i don't think it was an awful week either i think it was about just on par Mm -hmm. i think he might have one player who kind of had had a shitty week or so now, do you know if you would have started Gore if you would have beat him? I definitely would not have. Interesting. There you go. Yeah. I mean, that, that game, um, Ted Ginn had like 125 yards, two TDs. Yeah, he, and, went, he went off. Right. It was like, <laughs> and, a, and I forget how many receptions it was, but I, I'm pretty confident in saying he was like 17 to 18 points over Nick, and I think I beat Nick by like 10 points. You know, somewhere in that range. And I, just, I, I do uh, remember that if I had not started Ted again, I would not have won that week. And I did something similar to you. I didn't end up getting me the win, but I scored. I would have beat everyone else. It was last year against Greg when he had his, de- you know, it was like the, the Sean Lee 15 tackle game or whatever, and his defense went off. But it was a similar situation where I knew I was playing Greg and I needed to, you know, have the high ceiling guys there. And that's when I started Gabriel. And he went off. I mean, if it wasn't. I mean, I would have beat anyone else that week, the following week. Greg's team just happened to go off. But to your point, I, I did the same kind of analysis where I looked at right. who I was playing, who gave me the best chance to you know, have that higher ceiling with maybe not starting the safer option. I don't remember who it was. Maybe even Allen Robinson where you know, he was only averaging 9 to 11, but is he safer than Gabriel? And I went with the high ceiling guy. It worked. I didn't win, but I scored more points than right. if I had not done that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you, you gave yourself the best chance you could. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, like you said, like the other team can always have a shitty week and, you know, you end up winning because they're just miserable. But really just about giving yourself the best chance that you can. You know, so the second example of kind of boomer busts are, are two players who, if you're familiar with my team, you may know that I flip flop them a lot. 
But if you were to just look at them from a pure fantasy aspect, you wouldn't really see them as boom or bust. But it's actually uh, my two quarterbacks, Tom Brady and Drew Brees. Um, I own both of them. You know, it's a good dilemma to have at times. You know, not not too great with their age, but they're both you know performing ageless at this point, just mm-hmm. doing amazing things. But uh, here here's some stats from last year. So that was 2015. Let's talk about last year's 2016. Um, so Breeze, he's who I consider my boomer bust guy. His highs last year, as a lot of you Giant fans remember, he threw for 505 yards and seven TDs against the Giants in Week Seven. Oh, Just absolutely went off. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, so did I. Yeah, he threw seven TDs. It, it was unbelievable. I remember like watching that game, and I actually had not started him. And I was just, like, killing myself. I ended up winning the week, so it wasn't a big deal. But I I think he scored, like, 60 fantasy points. It has to be up there. Jeez. Yeah, it, it was absolutely unreal. All right. But on the opposite side of that coin, four times in 2016, Breeze threw for 255 yards or less with more interceptions than touchdowns. Wow. So he had some games where I remember this one game. It was against... I think it was the 49ers. They would just drive down the field, and he would throw a red zone pick. <laughs> and they would drive down the field, red zone pick. They did it like three times in the first half, and I was just like disgusted watching the game. <laughs> it, it was just awful. Uh-huh. Yeah. But if you take a look at the other side, Brady, who you know is another elite quarterback, he only broke 400 yards once last year. And that was again, week two against Buffalo. He threw for 466 with three TDs. So he only broke 400 once. I, I don't have the stat exactly in front of me, but I think Breeze did it three or four times. You know, he would go off. But if you take a look at Brady's lows, his floor, he never threw more interceptions than touchdowns. Mm-hmm. All of last mm-hmm. year, he, ne- he was either equal or he had more touchdowns than interceptions. His worst week, he threw for 277 yards, one TD, one pick. Interesting. You know, so it, it's really never awful. You know, so you you take a look at the regular season, and even though a lot of people consider them both elite, you know, when you start Brady, you'll, your average, if you take a look at their averages, actually, for yards and points, they're very close, but that's because Breeze's highs are real high and his lows are low, mm-hmm. and Brady's, you know, he's more hovering around that same point, you know, he'll get you your 300 yards, a touchdown or two, and usually, you know, no picks or maybe one pick. That's a good point. So out of curiosity, which one did you start in the playoff game? So I didn't make the playoffs last year for some reasons that uh, <laughs> let's not fucking discuss. <laughs> but if I had started the playoffs, if I had made it to playoffs, uh, I would have been the sixth seed. I actually did start my lineup as if I would because I was curious. And uh, I'm just going to read you off week 14 and 15 for both these players. So those are, you know, playoff weeks. Uh, week 14, Tom Brady went against the Tennessee Titans. So this is where I was going to kind of talk about matchups too. Tennessee Titans, they're not the best defense ever, especially when you look at their secondary. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you're going against some lockdown corner, Seattle or something where you're worried about it. But he threw for 267 yards and two TDs. Okay. So Solid. that's almost exactly where you would expect him to be. The yards were a little low. He didn't hit 300, but he had his two TDs, no picks. Breeze, on the other hand, it, which is who I would have started because, again, I was being that six seed. I need to get my points. Well, week 14, he went against Detroit, which is another, you know, matchup, 
You don't really care about the defense. He threw for 341 yards and three TDs, there no you go. picks. There you go. So it's a perfect example of like two players who you, you don't look at as being really boom or bust, but in a way, th- that's how they play. Yeah, so taking a look at, at matchups, which I think, Addy, you had brought up, if we take a look at Week 15, Brady goes against the Jets, and Breeze goes against Jacksonville. So you could argue that matchups you know, play a little into it here, but you also have to realize you know, Brady just isn't going to be that gunslinger, and he threw for 231 yards, one touchdown, one pick, but with the Breeze game last year against Jacksonville, it did turn into a little bit of a of a gunslinger game. He went off for 412 yards and three TDs. So, again, it was one of those things where you look at a lot of people look at Brady. And I remember talking to a lot of people last year, and most people actually said to start Brady because Breeze had had a lot of down years. Had, the Saints were not having a good year. It was rough. Mm-hmm. But in the playoffs, 341, three TDs, 412, three TDs. You can't really ask for more from your quarterback. You know that that is that high level performance. That if you know you're three, four, five, or six seed, those are things that can really help beat the upper seeds and, and you know help you in the playoffs. And that example, if you just take that in a bubble, and you're going with sort of your logic, if you're going to go with the higher ceiling, that in that week 15 where the uh, Brady was playing the Jets and Saints are playing the Jags, the higher ceiling what you would say was Breeze. I think on matchup, I would say easily would go to Breeze in that situation too. So if you're, to your point, if you're in between matchups, that I think the matchup, like who they're playing, can even further solidify. Yes, I'm going to go with this Boomer Bus guy because he even has the matchup as it is. Right. Yeah, I think in the week 15, the matchups definitely did favor that 100. percent Especially, I mean, a Jet fan could probably give you a better idea of this, but I feel like the Jets always play. Brady pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying that the, yeah. the Patriots don't win, but There's I feel like he never has these like monster weeks against the Jets. Yeah. You know, but that's, that's one of those things that if you look at the week before, honestly though, against Tennessee and breeze against Detroit, I don't know. I might've went with, you know, the matchup there, maybe Detroit's, you know, a little tougher, but I, I don't think I would have thought about that at all. You know, it was kind of a wash. In oh, that no, I, I agree with that. Where if you're looking at both the matchups and you're saying, do, can I really tell a huge difference between Tennessee and Detroit defense? I, I couldn't, and most people wouldn't be able to either. Right. And I, again, when your situation is six seed, I would, I would have went with you. I went with Breeze going for the higher ceiling guy. Right. And that's what this guy is kind of about. It's about those low seeds who try and, you know, you're trying to beat the upper seed. Like I said, if you have the best team, then you want to minimize your risk. You know, you just want your guys who you know are going to get points if you're average, you know, beating the other team. But sometimes in our league, you know, you see teams who aren't too great, don't have winning records, and then you look at, like, the starting choices that they have, and it's just like, yeah, all right, you're starting the guy who's probably going to get you 50 yards and six catches, but you're leaving some explosive guy on your bench who, you know, could go off and, and change the, you know, aspect of the matchup. Well, as a former Tory Smith owner, it's you have to be extremely patient in accepting the weeks that they drop a zero or a one. And it, uh, I can understand it being hard to tell yourself, I'm going to stick with this guy and he'll have that 20-point game because you could just easily rip your heart out when you've left you know, safer points on your bench. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's just fantasy. I mean, if you lose by single yeah. digits and you could have started a safer guy, obviously... It, 
look stupid to start that boomer bus guy, but if you're kind of in a situation where you said you assume the person you're playing is going to average right. what he's been averaging, then you've right. got to try and to get more the, points. This is really, when, when you take a look at that, like, I know, yeah, Tory Smith dropping a zero could, like, kill you, you know, kill you. But the whole point is that if you take whoever was on your bench and put them in, you know, I, I don't remember. I just think of Tory Smith on the Ravens, or maybe like Mike Wallace or Steve Smith Sr., whoever was there. Mm-hmm. If you put him in and, you know, give him like 10 points, would you still have lost? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, and that's what a lot of it is. It's if you're, if, yeah, if you're in a close matchup, a lot of these things, then you need to look maybe more into the matchups or more in the consistency or anything like that. But like I said, when you're these like bad teams, they're losing by. 15 20 points anyway maybe take a risk throw some of these other guys in there and that's why like i said this is really something that i take into into consideration a lot when it comes to the playoffs because you know it's winner go home Mm -hmm. so it doesn't you know like i said losing by five or losing by 20 it's it's the same thing with the playoffs yeah i'm curious as to where like you draw the line like you we know guys like aaron Rodgers, like david johnson Le'Veon bell are must starts so where is the line between someone that you can swap for a boomer bus guy? Well, that's I think that a lot of it is comes down to consistency. I'll tell you, uh, I actually don't have him in this league. You know, not to speak blasphemy of other leagues, but uh, another guy who I really consider like a boomer bust wide receiver, and his his aspect has changed a little bit in the last year. But uh, was Josh Brown for the Cardinals, mm-hmm. right? Oh, he was John, another John, guy. John Brown. Oh, John Brown. Sorry, I always do that. Uh, John Brown. He was another guy who had every opportunity to catch a long TD and really change a game. You know, has a little bit of a better reputation than Ted Ginn. You know, for who knows what reason, but I feel like he's a little <laughs> bit respected more. Yeah. Maybe the age he goes a little sooner in the drafts. But I did the same thing with him in uh, in my work league. Where I was like, yeah, if I if I really feel like I need a push, like I'm not the favorite, let me throw him in a start. But I remember there were some weeks where like Fitz would just eat up all the receptions, and Brown would just have like a two catch for 22 yards game. Well, it seems like the line because you were talking about swapping Gore for Ginn, so clearly that was a flex position. So it would make sense for your flex because we have two in our league, so it's a lot of flexibility. Um, to that's a good spot to throw in your boomer bust guy because you probably if you're in the playoffs you probably have a solid RB one two and wide receiver one two maybe someone like like me I had the Gabriel who was a late riser um, but chances are you probably have that, those guys pretty solidified and I would think right Josh the line would be your flex starters and where you're gonna possibly yeah. put your boomer bust guy in I I agree with that and I also agree just on the principle of really how how football works most of these guys are wide receivers you know it it is a lot harder to find a running back who can break off a 60 yard touchdown who's not Le'Veon Bell Mm -hmm. you know who's not someone that you're definitely going to start every week Mm -hmm. you know because those guys it really doesn't matter you're going to put them in no matter what you know a lot of these guys are wide receivers not to say that there aren't running backs who could fit this or who could do it but I feel like the majority of them are wide receivers and if you can ever find people who who do have that you know coveted multi-position eligibility, I remember uh, again in the same league that I brought, I also had Ty Montgomery last year, yeah. and he was another guy who he found some consistency towards the end. But for a while, he, he was very inconsistent. Then he got hot. He cooled off a little. You know, the the, the hype really kind of died down because they 
They signed Niall Davis last year. Yeah, <laughs> Niall Freak Davis. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Ty, Ty was great in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, so he, you know, he was another one of those guys, though. I Again, I don't have his stats in front of me, but I remember, obviously, he didn't start off great, but he he had a few bad weeks in there, too. And uh, he, he was someone who I don't think had the consistency that a lot of other running backs who you could have started would have had. Yeah. Yeah, and this is kind of like a case-by-case basis, too, because, like, going back to your example with Tom Brady and Drew Brees, like, it's a good, like you said, it's a good dilemma to have, like, which one you want right. to put in. Like, for example, like, Drew Brees would be an automatic play at quarterback on certain teams, but because you have him and Tom Brady, two elite quarterbacks, you had the, you know, you had the option of starting either one in a given situation. Yeah, absolutely, you know. And that, I mean, you do, you can always say these are kind of uh, a good problem to have, but it's funny because, like I said, usually these come on the not-so-great teams, you know, on the mid-tier to bottom. You know, teams like Addy and Greg and Nick, you know, like I said, they could just kind of start their best players and and they know who they are. Mm -hmm. I don't even have boomer bust players. I don't have this problem. I just have a bunch of busts. (laughs) (laughs) Like I feel like a lot of people must look at their rosters that way, especially based on the decisions they make. But when you go through the matchups and you see some of these players that you know they don't start, it's like, eh, that guy could could catch a sixty-yard TD. Like that's really all all it takes. You know, Torrey Smith was a great example. Uh, you know, even uh, <laughs> I mean, in our league, the deeper leagues he'll be started. But I remember I was talking to someone last year, and Kenny Stills. Yeah. was another Kenny example. Young, my boy. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, you, you could speak better than me. Kenny Stills, most consistent fantasy player last year? He was towards the end, not in the beginning or middle. <laughs> <laughs> he had like so nine touchdowns. He got hot. Year. Yeah. I mean, that's Tyreek Hill kept me out of last place. He was the extreme explosion. He had a bunch of yeah. weeks where he had four or five points, and then he had like two or three 15-point weeks. Mm-hmm. So he's literally the reason I didn't come in last place. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to hear me include him in this conversation because I love Tyreek and I'm still upset I didn't get him. I, was, I know, I know. I messed up there. I'm, I'm upset That's I don't have bad. him anymore. That was dumb. Right, he was, he was the best. But, uh, no, he is he is someone who you're right. He fits this perfectly because he would just explode and he could just change some matchups by himself. I think last year, wasn't there a game where he had two 80-yard touchdowns? Yeah, yeah, he actually dropped like 17 fantasy points. It was magnificent. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's unreal that, you know, players like that they they can just change a matchup really with one game like that and like i said the when i look at a lot of the mid to low tier teams i i see kind of players like that and i'm just like why aren't you giving them a chance just you know give give them a chance start you're probably gonna lose anyway you, you know you are the low seed so you know it's just for me it's like i said i would rather have a 20 percent chance at winning than an 80 percent chance at losing by you know, 10 points or 5 points, whatever it may be. Yep. Yeah, he's especially helpful when uh, Tyler Irvin gets you negative 5 points. You can kind of cancel that out a little bit. <laughs> I hate how Yahoo kind of archives a league. It's not very really friendly to go back and see week-by-week stuff because I'd be curious to see how many wins or losses, not by like the single digits where you should have started blank over blank, but like you're saying, Josh, some of these patented boomer bust guys that maybe a, a tiz or... A, like Rob or someone like in you know, the middle yeah. to middle to low guys. Yeah. If, if had they yeah. started him, that fifteen point loss would turn into a win or et cetera. It'd be interesting to see, but mm-hmm. I don't think we have no. the ability to go back and see that. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. unfortunately, you're right. I did try and go back, and you can get an archive uh, a little bit, but it it's not easy to no. do it all. It's, yeah. it's a pain, and it just gives you their uh, their season totals. I hate that. It doesn't. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't give you the actual week by week. But I actually remember last year. I, I wish I could see his roster because Rob, you you mentioned Rob. He was a perfect example. He had somebody on his bench for like three weeks last year. <laughs> Where I was just like, he, this guy can go off and like win you games. And Rob wasn't a good team. Like, he wasn't making the playoffs. He's a lot better this year. Yeah. You know, but I was just like, I just give him a shot. You can win games. I think it was Rashad Matthews. I was just about right? to say that. I'm pretty Rashad. sure it was Rashad Matthews. Yeah, that, that, that sounds correct. I don't, like I said, I don't remember exactly, but that definitely does sound correct. You know, and the other thing is that a lot of these leagues, too, uh, we don't do it so much. But if they give you those bonuses for a 40, a 50, or a 60-yard reception, whatever they are, then they the, the big play guys really have value. Oh, yeah. yeah Tyreek would have dropped, like, 300. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was, I mean, there, there's all types of crazy bonuses, and like the, the return yards and stuff like that, where Tyreek also comes in hand. And that's actually... A lot of the return guys kind of are candidates for this. I, I don't know if that's just coincidence, but like I said, Tyreek... Um, see Pat yeah Pat uh, Ted Ginn he even used to return no, yeah, jo- I- Josh you kind of excluded teams like me but I feel like there. so I'm curious you have my squad and in my flex position I have guys like A-Rob right now A-Rob and Crowder two guys that I think they don't especially A-Rob last year never exploded for a lot of games but were pretty solid safe starts and then I have like a Gabriel on my bench, or even this year an intriguing Peterson, who will see his role, but obviously has the I think the pedigree to still have explosive games. On a week by week, if you have my type of team, are you going simply by what they what have they done for me in the previous week slash matchup, or depending on it depends on who I'm playing. It was basically the core of your thing, right? So if I'm playing um, like Riggio or something like that, I'm probably just gonna put the safe guy in. But if I'm playing Nick, maybe I want to consider a, a Gabriel instead. It may not even be that. Um, well, first of all, Allen Robinson, he'd be a hard guy to pull out just because, you I know, know I in 2015, yeah. he did go off and have these, like, great years. And even in 2016, you kind of felt like he always had that potential. Mm-hmm. You know, even if he didn't come through with it, you you could be like, yeah, he could go off for 152 TDs this week. Like, that was never out of the in question. In the fourth quarter with three minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, somebody like Crowder, though, yeah, it also would come down to, like, we're talking about matchups, but maybe not necessarily looking at just his matchup. You know, if you look at the rest of if, you know, Dez is going against a lockdown corner, if, you know, Blake is going against a tough defense that, you know, you know they're going to run the ball a lot, they're really not going to throw it, and, like, a lot of your other players are having tough defensive matchups, well, then, yeah, maybe you do throw Gabriel in because he might be able to make up for some of that. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, like I said, it is risk. You always want to minimize risk, especially if you're if you're the team that's a favorite. But if you see that a lot of your other players are just going to have tough defensive matchups and, you, you know, you're not sure how much they're going to see, then I think that's a good time to, to throw in oh, a boomer bust player and say, you know what? If this guy, if this guy doesn't go off, but my team is better than I'm expecting, I might still win. You know, yeah, you have yep. a good chance. You are the better team. You're a top-tier team. Or, you know, this guy goes off, and my other players, they're going against good defenses. You know, like you said, maybe they just get their 100 yards in 
you know, 10 points. Mm -hmm. It's not great, but now this guy, he's really going to, you know, pick up some of the slack. And I guess that's the last aspect that we didn't really touch on it. A lot of it for me isn't only have to do with that player or their specific matchup, but the rest of my team, you know. If the rest of my team is going to have a tough defensive week you know, or a tough matchup week, then I might feel a little more empathous to, to really get get that boomer bust guy in the lineup. It makes sense. Definitely Absolutely. makes sense. Now I want to trade for a boomer bust guy. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, now I feel like trading. Well, there's your the, Curtis Samuel, who's taking him in the draft. Yeah. Or Don Ross. Josh is taking Curtis Samuel. And he could, and he could take Ross. And you he, might get both of them. Curtis nah. Samuel is such a Josh player. He is I, such I'm a pretty Josh sure. Player. I'm pretty sure Ross is going to be gone. Probably by, by when I time I pick. He might not be. It, it, it's going to depend right? on camp. It's going to depend on camp. If he gets hurt again, we don't know. Where you, what do you I pick, Josh? Like, I feel eight, like he's got good eight. news coming out of him. But uh, you know what? To be honest, though, you're right. This is things that I think about even when I draft. You know. It, drafting is a little different because you take you know guys like Curtis Samuel and you want to be like, well, how do you even fit into your team? You know, is it a is it a team that goes for a lot of boomer bust plays or is it a team that's you know real conservative, run mm-hmm. first, just you know power it down? Like I I hate to say, it, but you know the Cowboys, I'm a big Cowboy fan. I wouldn't really like a boomer bust guy on their team, you know, no. especially with Dak at quarterback. I just don't see how it would really fit in to their to their play calling and you know their their scheme agreed but on another on another team like you know like i said breeze is a great one uh even matt ryan like you said gabriel on, on the falcons there's definitely teams who utilize boom and bust players better yep well so, the one the one variable there is the quarterbacks can just throw it deep with accuracy all three of those examples not to say Dak can't but he can as well as those three guys yeah yeah you say that, but it was Cam throwing to Ted Ginn, and Cam, I don't think Cam's known for his long ball accuracy. He's not known for any accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> He's known for vulturing Jonathan Stewart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Josh, I, oh no, yeah, keep going, uh, keep going. No, I was just gonna say I think you're right, Chad. I, I think having like a strong armed quarterback definitely helps. But if you take a look, like I said, we mentioned Stills, and Tannehill definitely isn't known for his long ball accuracy. That's a good point. You know who is known for his long ball accuracy? Oh, God. Here we go. It's not Cody. Joe Flacco oh, okay. to Rashad Perriman, <laughs> baby. Boomer bust all day. I thought Noodle was coming out. No, Noodle, but he has <laughs> been day. he has been eating those nuts and using his legs, so we don't know. Excuse me? Just go read the article. Go Google it. <laughs> it's a camper. Yeah, no, he, cha- like, he changed like his diet and he found that out that he ac- so he apparently he never used his legs throwing the ball in college <laughs> or last year starting in the NFL. Through for the knees. He just. Through with all his upper body. Now apparently Marcus he's learning the technique. Yeah. <laughs> probably now he's using his legs, getting his hips rotation wow. in there. He's because, also because he's eating nuts. He's eating nuts, grilled chicken, uh, baby carrots. I feel like you that. just read a bunch of buzzwords in some article. I'm like, this is what you've. <laughs> no, no, with. I'm dead serious. It, it was actually a roto update from a couple months ago. It's gonna make great for those eight yard passes in Joku. Oh yeah, is the, <laughs> the, the greatest velocity on those eight yard passes. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Favre breaking fingers out in Cleveland. Oh yeah, we have no receivers left. <laughs> All right, uh, so Josh, me, Kenny Britt. Oh yeah, don't talk don't talk bad about my man Britt. I still wish we had Andrew Hawkins. He was sneaky, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Was he? Yeah, I, I guarantee. I guarantee <laughs> he makes the Pats. The, the Pats top six receivers. No, there's like six good receivers in front of him. That's what I'm saying. He makes it. That's what no, I'm saying. He's, he's very not good. Going to. 
is making top six an accomplishment? Like, is that <laughs> is that something you tell on the, people on the packs? Yeah, absolutely. It's not like he's in Buffalo. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, Josh, if you had to go with one under the radar boomer bust guy for this year, who would you recommend for the listeners? Oh, uh, well, I mean, put him on the spot. I, I gotta be yeah, honest. You, you, I don't know what you said, Chad. What was that? I said you put him on the spot. I gotta really be honest, take I kind of hate bringing the, him up on the podcast, the but it is what it is. Curtis Samuel, I, I really am targeting because I do think okay. he's going to kind of take that Ted Ginn role from Carolina. You know, he's he's a weird player, and they love their weird players. You know, that's that's really key. Um, you know, for another rookie, you mentioned John Ross, but somebody who I, I actually think was sneaky under the radar, and especially now in his new scenario... I actually think that Brandon Cooks might kind of turn into that guy. Yeah. You know, because the Patriots spread the ball around so much, but Tom Brady loves his long ball. I had Chris Hogan at the start of last year, and he was the definition of a boom and bust player. He would go literally have 12 yards or one week. He had zero yards one week, and then he would catch a 60-yard TD and a 45-crossing route, <laughs> and he'd finish with like 110 yards and a TD two receptions <laughs> right he really would it was like it was unbelievable but because of the way the patriots spread the ball around and stuff i mean i'm down on cooks as compared to last year obviously but i mean i don't know what receiver gains value when he leaves drew Brees. just doesn't make sense again bro <laughs> well no gin's going no, Gin's to going to breeze oh yeah yeah but i'm saying cooks now i i actually think he's kind of going to turn into this guy yeah, you know, and especially because Brady has shown that he can make any receivers look good, but he has his like his loyalty to guys like Edelman, Amendola, like they're they're not just gonna disappear, I don't think. No. You know, they're they're gonna have their role in the offense and Oh, so and you're catch saying their... Cooks is gonna turn into a boomer bust. Oh guy. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I actually think that his role in the Patriots, he's gonna be he's hundred percent gonna be the deep threat. Like if you take a look at that team he he is the guy to to beat people over the top and mm-hmm. you know <laughs> it really messed away he kind of reminds me of randy moss yeah you know, randy moss went there and he stretched the field and brady just hit him on it felt like every single 50 yard throw yeah you know and i i really feel like that's kind of who cooks is going to turn into so not quite as boom as bust as you know the players we've been mentioning you know or like hogan or anything but I can see him being the guy who he's got 50 yards, 65 yards, you know, 65 another game. And then week four, he goes off for like 140, two TDs. I kind of agree with you, actually. Yeah, 100%. Elite analysis. <laughs> Automatic analysis. <laughs> oh, got him. So, Josh, you got, any, got anything last for us? Any, uh, any Twitter you want to plug? Any uh, final words you want out in the, uh, in the open? Uh, no, you can... You can follow my Twitter at Automatic, uh, but I think that's about it. I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to the draft this year. You know, still trying to get some trades in, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to proving you guys all wrong. Though you all put me last or 13th, Yahoo projections have me at a solid eight right now. I think or nine. So I can't. I'm gonna gonna finish not last and then just replay week two power rankings. <laughs> just laugh at you guys. You are a playoff powerhouse. I will give you that. You're gonna blow up your team and come. You're gonna blow it up if you're smart. That that's a discussion for another time. <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree with you, but that's a different discussion. 
Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on, Josh. We really appreciate it, and hope we'll uh, we'll get you on uh, real soon again. Oh, thanks for having me. Have a good one, guys. See you later. We just want to say thanks again to Josh Maddock for being on the show. Um, definitely some interesting takes, interesting insight. Um, for those of you who haven't thought about that, it's definitely an interesting perspective to take when you're setting your lineups each week. That being said, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Elite Dynasty Podcast. Uh, looking forward to next week, episode 15. That's oh, almost a milestone, wow. right? That's, yeah. It's yeah, almost it a milestone. It's not as big as like 25, but it's, it's pretty big. Yeah. It's a lot more than I thought we were ever going to get to. I agree. Pretty, pretty weeks cool. Weeks dynasty stuff. Over, pretty over cool. Over a dozen. We have articles. That's we have cool. everything. Um, wanna wanna plug our whole thing right now? Plug away. Oh uh, sure, I'd love to. It's uh, at Elite Dynasty Pod. Uh, you can find our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And go to the Facebook. I think easier to find the blog. I think it's WordPress. Elite Dynasty blog. Slash yeah, Elite, Elite Dynasty, Dynasty blog. blog. If you just Google that, you'll find it. Maybe not the URL, but if you Google that, you'll find it. Haven't had a blog in a while, but you know, catch up on all the other ten that's been written so far. We're just mulling ideas. All that new content, it's coming, and there's going to be an eruption. Floodgates will be open soon enough. Not even episode 25. I want to know when we've produced 24 hours, a day's worth of fantasy football knowledge. Could be like episode 23-ish, 24. I was going to say even sooner, like maybe like 20, 21. Might pop yeah. a bottle mid-episode. Ooh. Yeah, as, <laughs> as we hit that 24-hour yeah, mark. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the that's seconds awesome. count down. Yeah, I can right. absolutely do that. So you're ready for the little pop. Yeah, get excited for that pop. You, you think Xbox turning on randomly is cool. Think about champagne popping over the air. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to do it for the Elite Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Vondon. Have a great night, everyone. Take care. Peace.